Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I'm going to have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this opportunity to come to fellowship around your word. We thank you that we know you're already here. And so we ask, Father, that you will prepare our hearts to receive the incorruptible seed of the word of God. We thank you that faith will come as we hear. Most of all, we thank you that transformation will take place as, Father, we digest what we hear and leave this place with the purpose in our heart to doing it. And I thank you, Father, for manifested blessings, manifested God increase, manifested, Father, uh, just multiple, multiple, multiple times of blessings flowing into our lives as a result of hearing what you have to say to us today. As I have decreased, I thank you for your anointing to rise up inside to teach your people your word. And I thank you that nobody will leave this place spiritually unfed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you this morning. So good to be in a church that has good music. Amen. Come on, give our band and our praise and worship team a hand this morning. I don't know how pastors preach without having some kind of good music. Amen. Well, our theme and direction for 2009 is a year of all sufficiency in all things. Say this with me. Say a year of all sufficiency in all things. Last week, we began our first lesson in our series, and it was entitled The Blessed Life. And the goal of this series is to remove from our thinking all of the false information that we have been exposed to regarding being blessed. And then we're going to lay the foundation of truth regarding God's desire and position of blessing that he wants us to have, live, and to give. The first series of this year, which is this series, is designed to lay the foundation for us to have a year of all sufficiency in all things. So our lesson today is entitled The Blessed Life, Part 2. And if you would, go back to our original scripture this morning, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This particular scripture is the foundation for our series. And it's not only the foundation for our series, it's the foundation for our whole year's theme, which is of all sufficiency in all things. Second Corinthians chapter 9. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right. Now, here's the first point I want to make, and you can write it down. I made it last week. I want to repeat this particular point. That all sufficiency in every area, every area first starts with being blessed. All sufficiency 
in every area of your life must first start with being blessed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to start in verse 6. I'm reading out of the King James Version. It says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. So who is supposed to purpose in their heart? We are. Amen. The choir shouldn't sing it out of it. The pastor shouldn't beg you out of it. Amen. And the deacon shouldn't uh, moan out, moan you out of it. Amen. It says that we should purpose in our heart what we are to give. Watch this. Not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8. Here's the, here's the point. And God, who? God. Not man, but God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now, I'm going to read that out of the Amplified Version. This is what it says. It says, but remember, actually, I, I took another translation. I want you to read this different translation that I use. This is the Living Bible. It says, but remember this. If you give little, you will get little. A farmer who plants just a few seeds will get only a small crop. But if he plants much, he will reap much. Everyone must make up his own mind as to how much he should give. Don't force anyone to give more than what he really wants to. For cheerful givers are the ones that God prizes. Now here's the focus verse. God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. It is as the scripture says, the godly man gives generously to the poor. His goods, his good deeds will be an honor to him forever. For God who gives seed to the farmer to plant and later on good crops to harvest and eat will give you more and more seed to plant and will make it grow so that you can give away more and more fruit from your harvest. In other words, all sufficiency in all things is connected to how I give in life. Now. I did, I did homework for you. Remember, I studied out this particular verse and I took the main uh, words in this verse and I looked up the definition of every one of these main words and then I connected the definitions together and I came up with what I call a biblically divine, defined version of 2 Corinthians 9 8. Let me read it to you again. It says, And God is powerful enough to superabound in quality and quantity with excess enough to spare all favor, benefits, and pleasures until it exceeds a fixed number and go over and above for you until it overflows to you so that you always hold in your hand all sufficiency, which is a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed in all things so you may be able to exceed every good work. And I heard a story uh, yesterday of the reality of this scripture. Now this story I'm about to tell you. I'm only two people down from this story. See many of you don't know. But you're one person away from your miracle. And I'm only two people down from this story. One of my pastor friends of mine. Which you all were here this year. He's going to be speaking at our church. Good friend of mine. Really he's a multimillionaire, And uh, uh, not as a pastor. But as his personal. As an entrepreneur. Amen. And so he told me, he called me yesterday, as ex he called me excited, and I didn't want to talk that much because I was trying to get my throat together. And he said, man, Evan, let me tell you what happened. He said, a friend of mine's 
a friend of mine's friend who is a pastor uh, has a lady in his congregation. And this pastor would just get up every now and then and declare because they had just built a family life center. And they owed $2 million on the family life center. And every now and then he'd get up and say, congregation, I believe God's going to help us pay off that $2 million. We're not going to have to pay this thing through until it's paid off. We believe that God's going to give us the money to pay that $2 million off. And there was one lady, just a regular person, worked a regular job, sat there in the audience. And one day she said, Lord, if you ever give me $2 million, I'll pay that building off. Just a regular person. No big deal. Then, watch this. Her sister, this lady's sister, six years ago, had a son that died in the hospital. And it was a wrongful death. And so after six years, all of a sudden, this, this, this lawsuit got settled. And this lady's sister received $26 million from the hospital. Listen to where I'm going. $26 million. And so she calls her sister up. And nobody else knows in the family how much money this lady got because she didn't tell nobody. She only told her sister. She called her sister up and she said, Sis, I don't want you to have to work no more. And so I prayed and I want to give you $2 million. She said, Well, let me tell you what I'm going to do, sis. I've already promised God that if I ever got $2 million, I was going to give it away to my pastor so we can pay our building off. She said, What? You're going to give the whole $2 million away. She said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Her sister didn't say nothing. I'm sure she thought she was crazy because some of you all are looking at me like I'm crazy. Like I would never do that in my life. And that's why maybe you haven't got the $2 million. And so what this lady did, she went and she deposited the check in her bank. And then she went the same day and wrote the check to her pastor and gave it to him to pay off the building. Now watch this though. Then her sister called her back and said, girl, listen, I'm going to give you two more million, but you got to promise me you're not going to give this two million away. Well, of course, she still had to pay her tithe on the two million, but she kept the two million. And watch this. She said, now, listen. I I want you to quit your job because I need you to help me manage this 20-something million I got left. And she was like, that's fine. She said, but you know what? My pastor is a business person, and he's connected to people and attorneys and all that stuff to help us do that. Can I just tell him about it? She was like, well, yeah. So now you got to understand the pastor that already got $2 million. He's happy. So she comes, the member comes and tell him about her sister and the situation. He said, I'll tell you what, let me see if I can, what I can do for you. He called up an attorney friend of him and he said, listen, I don't want you to do this for nothing. Do this as a favor to me. I want you to uh, look over this lady's paperwork and stuff. And then I need you to help us set up a system where she'll never have to work a day in her life again. And this money will be a perpetual blessing to generations to come. Check it out. The attorney's reading over the paperwork and finally he runs into a snag. And he calls the lady with the money. He said, ma'am, you were not supposed to receive $26 million. She said, well, I'm sorry. I already got it. I done already gave some of it. I done already spent some of it. He said, no, no, no. You don't understand. You weren't supposed to receive $26 million. You, you, they owe you another $5 million. Now, this is, not, this is a true story. Look at your, touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know it don't seem like it, but this is a real story. Check it out. He told that woman, he said, they owe you another $5 million in about, in a, and in about 16 days, they gave her five more million. 
So she told her sister, can you just arrange a meeting with me and your pastor? I just want to tell him thank you for being a blessing to me. So she showed up at the pastor's meeting. She just put on the man's desk a check for a million dollars to him and said thank you. But that is the manifestation of this verse. See, God made sure that, watch this, the four million she gave her sister and the million she gave the pastor still put her back at 26 million. Because God don't just bless you for you. He blesses you so you can be a blessing. Let's look at now the end. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 9. Let's look at the end of the verse in verse 8. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always, say always. always. Having all sufficiency, say all sufficiency. In all things, say all things. But here is the kicker. So that you can abound to every good work. And that's why most people don't end up with the blessings God wants them to have. Because they're not going to use it to every good work. They're going to use it to go to work. Come on now. Now, we're talking about the blessed life. Say the blessed life. Now, last week, let me give you a definition of the word blessed. Go to Genesis chapter 1 very quickly. Genesis chapter 1. I forgot to start my clock, but that's okay. I can see the clock right up here. All right, Genesis chapter 1. And let's look in verse 26. Let me show you now. Here's the point I want to make. God's original intent for mankind was for for us to live in a constant state of blessings and abundance. God's original intent. When he put you here on this earth, his main purpose when he put you here is for you to live in a constant state of blessing. Genesis chapter 1, look in verse 26. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. Watch this, verse 28 here, I want you to see this. And God did what? God did what? And God blessed them. The word blessed means to be happy, to speak well of, and to prosper. It's a state in which a person has an abundant supply of spiritual and material resources that allows them to have a life of more than enough at all times. In other words, God wants you. He originally designed you to have more than what you need. God never, he never designed us to struggle. Why would he create us in his image and cause us to struggle? Let me ask you a question. Do you think God's up there struggling? I think not. I think the only God struggle God is having is with us believing that he can do what he said he can do. And when he created us, he designed us to have more than what we need. Now, last week I gave you an overview of what the results of being blessed by God were. The first one was God, when he blesses you, he makes you rich. Now, Proverbs 10.22, you don't have to turn there. You can write it down. But it says that the blessings of the Lord will make you rich and add no sorrow. And the word rich, when we look it up, it means to accumulate, to gain riches. And it also means to have an abundance of goods. So it says when the blessings of the Lord make you rich, he's saying when you have an abundance of goods, that's God's blessing on your life. 
And then we saw another result of being blessed is that it brings increase into our life. And we looked at Abraham's servant. And Abraham's servant, he talked about Abraham. And he said, you know, I tell you what, since we're in Genesis, let's go to that one. Go to Genesis 24. Genesis 24. Genesis 24. This was Abraham's servant. And here's what I want you to see. I want you to see a description of somebody who was blessed. Genesis 24, look in verse 35, or verse 34. And he said, I am Abraham's servant, and the Lord has blessed my master greatly. The Lord has did what? He did what? He blessed. Let's see what happens when the Lord blesses you. And the Lord has blessed my servant greatly, and he's become great. In 2009, that word great means famous. And he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants and camels and asses. Basically, this is a description of God blessing Abraham. So one result of being blessed by God is to be rich. The second one is that blessings bring increase. Here's the third one. When God blesses you, it brings multiplication. Now go to Psalms very quickly. No, stay in Genesis. Go, go to Genesis. Let's look at verse 28 or chapter 28. Genesis 28, when God blesses you, blessings means multiplication. Now, I don't know about you. See, you can't, you can't just trust in the stock market by itself. Another man committed suicide. Remember Madoff I was telling y'all about who did that Ponzi scheme? A second billionaire uh, committed suicide. I think it was last week or uh, this week. He was the, one of Germany's most wealthiest men and he lost like one point something billion with this man and he committed suicide. You know why? Because his treasure was in his money. Yep. Amen. See, if God, if I know who gave me the money, all I got to do is go back to the person who gave it to me. Watch this and get some more. Genesis chapter 28. Look in verse now. Three. Watch this. And God Almighty bless you. Watch what happens when he blesses you. And he makes you what? fruitful and then what else does he do and he multiplies you now go over to psalm 107 go to psalm 107 when god blesses you he don't just bring addition to your life he brings multiplication psalm 107 and you can write down 38 verse 38 psalm 107 38 watch this it says this and he blesses them talking about god also so that they are multiplied how greatly and suffers not their cattle to decrease in other words when God blesses you he multiplies your efforts and then when God blesses you it causes you to be a blessing now guess what I'm going to give you this morning I'm gonna, I may just list them because I'm not going to get through all of them but I'm going to show you and list for you different ways in which you can be blessed see I used to think Years ago, that being blessed was just having money. But there are different ways in which a blessing that God wants you to have can come to you. And so I'm going to give you what they are this morning. First, let me give them to you, and then I'm going to go through them. The first way, and this is not all of them because there's a lot of them in the Bible, these, but these are the major ones. And the reason I want you to see these is because the more ways in which you can see God blesses you, being able to bless you, the more open your heart can be. But, but if all you think is, oh, if all I had is some more money, if that's the only way that you see God can bless you, that's the only way he's going to bless you. But these other, man, there are so many different ways. Here's the first way in which God can bless you, and it's through pronouncement. Say pronouncement. 
Then the second way is through promise. Say promise. The third way is through posterity. Say posterity. The fourth one is through position. Say position. The fifth one is through being planted. Say planted. The sixth one is in proving. Say proving. The seventh, where am I? Seven. Number seven is through partnership. Say partnership. The eighth is through the planting of seed. And then number nine is through principle. So what I'm going to do is define these. And then I'm going to give you scripture references so you can see that, man, what you don't realize when you were born, when God created mankind, there was a pronouncement of blessing that he put on that man. And it wasn't just for Adam. It was for mankind. Now, the word, when, when we talk about pronouncement, that is when God uses someone to declare over you words of blessing and increase. The word pronouncement means this is when God uses someone to declare over you words of blessing and increase. Now go to Mark chapter 10. Go to Mark chapter 10. Let me show you Jesus using this principle. Jesus using this principle. And that's why when you all's kids come and hug on me, let them hug on me. Because when I'm touching them, you don't know what I'm doing. But you're going to see what I'm doing when I do it now because this is what I'm doing when I'm, t- I'm touching the kids. And see, this is something that you can do every day to your own children. But this is also something that God did to you through Abraham. Watch this. Mark chapter 10. Now let's look in verse uh, 14. Watch what it says here. Uh, let's go down now to verse 13. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And he said unto them, suffer the little children to come to me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child cannot enter therein. Watch verse 16. Read it with me. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and what? And he blessed them. That is a pronouncement of blessing. And when you understand the spiritual position that you have as a believer, you don't know that you have the power to pronounce blessing. I can prove it to you. The scripture says death and life is in the power of your tongue. That means God has given me the ability to either bless with my mouth or curse with my mouth. If you want your children to be smart, you pronounce that over them. You know, I said to heaven yesterday, girl, I'm praying for your husband right now because you're going to need a rich man. Because she can spend some money. And her soccer coach took her to, you know, they had a, a soccer, uh, no, a basketball game. And he, she went with him and her, his daughter, who plays with Heaven. And they all went to the mall. And my wife gave Heaven $100 to spend. And Heaven comes back with $10 left. No, 11 uh, uh, $11 left and, and two items. So she really just, just, she just bought two items for whatever, 80s, 90-something dollars. I don't know what the, and when I saw that, I was like, well, praise the Lord. But here's my point. Her coach said, Pastor Evan, heaven is going to need to marry a rich man. <laughs> I'm pronouncing that over her right now. 
So here's my question. I tell you what. Here's another one. You can write this one down as a reference. Matthew 26, 26. And this is what it says. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat. This is my body. In other words, there is a such thing as a pronouncement of blessing. So what are you pronouncing over your own life every day? Some of you are are waiting on God to bless you and he's waiting on you to use your mouth to pronounce your own blessing. Here's a second way. He does it through promise. Say promise. Now go to Genesis chapter 26. Go to Genesis chapter 26. Now promise, this is where God will bless you because of a promise that was made. A promise is when, it's, it's when God will bless you because of a promise that was made. In Genesis now, chapter 26, are you there? All right, write down verse 3 if you're taking notes. And this is what it says. It says, uh, let's, let's start in verse 1. And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went until Ambimelech, the king of Philistines. And then in verse 2, the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt and dwell there. And and go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I will tell you of. Verse 3. I want you to see this. Sojourn or stay in this land. And I will be with you. And I will what? Come on class. I will bless you. For unto you and unto your seed. Let's see why. I will give all these countries. And I will watch this. Perform the oath or the promise. Which I swore unto Abraham your father. In other words he's saying Isaac. I am going to bless you. Because I promised your daddy that I would. Now we're going to see later on. That the same promise that God made Abraham. He made to us too. So we can be blessed by a promise. Let's look at another. Go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Promise is where God will bless us because of a promise that was made. Genesis chapter 12. Write down now verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land I will show you. Watch this. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will what class? I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and then you shall be a blessing. Notice he says to Abraham, he hadn't done it yet. He said, I will bless you. That was a promise. Now go to Psalm 112 very quickly. Psalm 112. I need you to get this because, see, uh, uh, I'm going to have to end right here. But when you see the power of the promise, because, see, what you don't understand is that the ultimate promise of us being blessed is right here in the book. Watch this, Psalm 112, write down now verse 1 and verse 3. Watch this. Praise the Lord. Blesses the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. And this man's seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be what? The generation of the upright shall be blessed. That is a promise. And then he goes on to say, read it with me. Wealth and riches shall be in his house and righteousness endures forever. In other words, here's a promise. He said, anybody that will fear God, he said, not only will I bless you, but not only in blessing you, he said, wealth and riches will be in your house. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that is a promise. And I believe it. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing about a promise. A promise is only as good as the person who made it and as the person who believes it. 
See, it's not just integrity for the person who made the promise to make it. But the person they made the promise to has to believe it to get it. Okay, like for instance, if I, if I promised you, like, 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 like weeks ago when, when I challenged, when I was talking about everybody being at church on time, and I challenged one of our members to be at church on time, you know, who had never been on time before, and, and they took the challenge, and I promised them that if they came to church on time that Sunday, that we would give them $100. Y'all remember that? She was on here in the second row. She showed up. Family and all. Kids, all dressed, looking nice, hair greased up and everything. But she was here on time because a promise was made to her. But guess what? If she had not believed what I said I would do, she'd have not showed up. In other words, I have to believe the promise that was made. And see, that's our problem. God is making us promises, but we're not believing them. Now, it's not God's fault just because we don't believe what he said. And see, I believe there are some people sitting here in this room that's just like that lady at that other church. They say, Lord, if you would just, I had a member that come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm believing God to be able to give to the church two million. I said, well, guess what? For you to be able to give to me, that means you got to have more than that to give it. In other words, being blessed is more than just me walking around, driving in a new car, wearing nice clothes. It's really about generational stuff. Now, let's look at one more. Do we have time to look at one more? We don't have time, but I'll look at it anyway. Look in position. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We'll, we'll close out on this one. Now, what is position? This is where blessings are available when I am in a certain position. This is where blessings are available when I'm in a certain position. Say position. position. All right. Look in Ephesians now. Chapter 1. What did I tell you to go? Ephesians chapter 1. Look now in verse 1. Watch this. This is going to be good. Look at verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, does what, did what? He blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But watch this. In who? So these spiritual blessings that I'm supposed to have are only available when I'm positioned in who? Okay, now let's look at one more. Go now to Galatians. That's right before, uh, right after Ephesians. Oh, right before Ephesians. You got Galatians, Ephesians. Go to Galatians now, chapter 3. We're talking about being in position. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. Watch this. Look at verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of who? Abraham. So stop right there. We already read what the blessings of Abraham was. Abraham had silver. He had gold. He had maidservants. He had all that going on, right? It says here that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Those are non-Jews, which most of us are. But it's going to come through who? Come on, class. Through who? Jesus Christ Me being in position as a believer has positioned me for a blessing. Now see, some of you all are not receiving the blessings because you are standing on your own righteousness. 
Now, if you'll just give me two minutes to just work on this piece right here. Some of you all in this room are not getting the blessings from God like you need them because your righteousness is based on you, whether you did right yesterday or not. Now, let me tell you a, a secret. You can't get, because one of them, one of the points is, uh, uh, it, it wasn't obedience. I called it uh, proving. Some blessings do come through obedience. But see, some of y'all need to, you should have more than what you should have. But the reason you don't is because your heart has already just condemned you. When you don't know that the scripture says that Christ has made us righteous. Now, if Christ made us right, let me tell you what happened. Christ exchanged righteousness with you. And while you gave him your sin, he gave you his righteousness. And when that happened, it automatically positioned you to have certain blessings in your life. You say, well, pastor, what are you talking about? What I'm saying is, just because you cut somebody out yesterday don't mean you still shouldn't be blessed. Oh, my God, did he say that? See, some of y'all think that when you mess up like that, it takes God like two weeks before you can get back in your right place. <laughs> now, I'm talking to some people. You are working at it. I mean, it's like you got to do penance. You know, you're almost like the Catholic church where you got to go in the confession booth and say Hail Mary's 25 to Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. And then when you think God's okay with what you did, then you're okay. That's not what makes you okay. What makes you okay is your position in Christ. And he said, we are entitled to the blessings of Abraham just because I'm in position. And I don't know about you. I don't want to stand on my own righteousness because the Bible says my righteousness is as filthy rags. But if I stand on what Jesus Christ did for me, my confidence toward God goes up. And let me tell you something. When your confidence goes up, your blessings go up. So this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. No, stay, stay, sit down. Stay right there because I want to end by praying a blessing. This year, every Sunday, I'm going to pronounce a blessing over y'all. You say, well, pastor, what good is that going to do? That's why you ain't got it. The scripture says, if you believe the prophet, you'll prosper. And if we can get blessed by pronouncement, I want you from this day on to make sure what's coming out of your mouth is a blessing. Father, this morning, as we have heard your word, we found out there are three ways to be blessed, and one of them is through pronouncement. And so, Father, as the pastor of this church, I pronounce blessings over this congregation right now. I pronounce, Father, increase in their life, increase of blessing. I pronounce, Father, promotions to come. I pronounce, God, for favor to just just run rapid through their life. I thank you for favor chasing them down. I thank you, God, that they will have whatever they say. That, Father, they will open up their mouth and they'll begin to proclaim your blessings on their lives. And I, Father, I declare today that, Father, death and life is in the power of my tongue. And I declare life over our church. I declare that we live, uh, we live as believers. We live, Father, and we, we expect your blessings. We pronounce, Father, your blessings. We decree your blessings and we receive your blessings. And Father, I release all the guilty consciences that's out there 
all the people who are walking in sin but don't have to. Because in, in Christ Jesus, they've been made free. In Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning. And you know what? You're not in position. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior to be in position, to be blessed. And you know what? There are so many different...